0: drops
1: what shall i have for breakfast this morning
0: what what
1: Ah, what ah, what shall i have for breakfast this morning what 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 will it be some bread some bread the voices in my head your head tell me maybe have some juice some juice and then you'll be a little loose loose what will I have for breakfast this morning? What? 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 What will I have for breakfast this morning? What? 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 Are
2: we doing up so early? <laughs> this is without a question the the soonest in any given day that we've ever pressed record on yes. something for the Hollywood festival er, or uh, what a movie third. question mark? Yes,
1: yes, it's very early, very yes. early. It's. 6, it's 6am, 6 but it's we've 6 been a... awake for a Oh bit. my god,
2: you know what today is
1: Oh my Oh my goodness, I keep forgetting It's a two for Friday,
2: It's, it's we're recording this Friday. on Friday, mm-hmm. we get two awesome things in one day mm-hmm. Which one do you want to list first, the most incredible thing or the kind of important thing
1: The kind of important thing
2: Eminem dropped a new album today, Out of oh. Nowhere Oh, I know. So while you're brushing your teeth, Are I'm going to be saying? putting that on the Ibble really? Pibble oh my. and we can listen to it on the way to really, Pew? to your job.
1: What's the other great thing?
2: The other great thing has to do with, you know what? I'm not actually going to, I'm not going to do this sarcastically. Is it okay? Yeah, it is. the, the I am today. I'm celebrating the birth of the most special woman in my life. <laughs> the most wonderful person that... That came into my world, thank who you. decided to be a part of of my life and share hers with me. It's your birthday. It is, thank it you is. for being born.
1: Thank you, thank you, Pew. Thank you, um, thank you for being here to receive me. Let's
2: give a big mega shout out to your mom mm-hmm. who did the heavy lifting yeah, that day. she
1: Did she really did? Thanks, mom. Anyway, I like being alive.
2: So you're you're three dozen years old right now.
1: Yes, three dozen.
2: Do you feel like you've used those first three well?
1: I think I did as well as I could. Is have.
2: it okay to get actually sentimental? Like usually, I'm I'm a, a snarky little bitch on this show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, but you okay. can get sentimental. No, if like what? I can have a sip of my cup.
2: You can. I pray that you will drink the tea, not the cup.
1: Oh, from. Yes. Did I say from or
2: of, <laughs> of your cup? <laughs> can I sip with you while you sip? Yes, P. U. On this, the day of your birth.
1: Oh, this is the day of my birth. Yes.
2: We have to retire that because I almost always choke on water when
1: I do that. (laughs) I did choke a little bit. First 36 years. Yeah.
2: Best, worst, and most boring. What have you got?
1: Best, worst, and most boring? Yeah. Gosh.
2: Of planet Earth.
1: Oh, the best years must have been the ones I've shared with my loved ones.
2: I think Mm. you did that for a good, solid, steady 36 years, didn't you?
1: And the worst have been where I've lost my loved ones. Okay. Yep. And um, the most boring have been where I was hiding behind my fear. I really need to get over this thing. I really need to deal with this. It's nonsense at this point.
2: You were shook last night. Is it okay to talk about yeah, that? You it's were fine. shook. I think it was more than just where we were. I think it was also like on the eve of any of my birthdays, you mm-hmm. know how how wild the needle goes like it'll be up and down and I don't want to talk to anyone. And, yeah,
1: yeah. Um mm-hmm. it,
2: it can be I can be erratic.
1: Mm-hmm. Normally
2: I'm <laughs> steady as a rock, never yeah, grumpy, sure. never steady no highs as no. a rock a rock a rock. Growing up we thought that song was Sally has a rock.
0: Oh.
1: we
2: had a, no idea it's solid as a rock. It right? is, it's solid as a rock. Mm. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, mm-hmm. you gotta we gotta work on these fears and you yes, gotta tell me. Because they're
1: completely irrational.
2: They're irrational and they're
1: inhibiting I don't know how many doors they're closing.
2: They're they're irrational. Annoying. They're closing doors for you mm. and um they <laughs> someone's got her finger on the bell <laughs> just, in <laughs> just in case. Uh, <laughs> just in case
1: I need an out.
2: No, and they they do for you what they're trying to convince you they're protecting you from.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
2: they're they're trying to say like if you do this, you're going to set yourself back. Mm. So you don't do it, but mm. you're actually setting yourself back by listening to them. Yeah. And that sucks.
1: But I'm maybe I have to say I'm glad that we caught that yeah. when it happened.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: it was, it was fun. As soon as I got through those doors, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was I was on f- full uh, self-defense mode.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So sh- should I tell the story? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay tell, tell. So we went to see uh, one of my favorite, favorite, all-time favorite shows at UCB last night, mm. um, Magic to Do, mm-hmm. which is musical improv. Improv good improv in and of itself is kind of like watching a miracle happen But musical improv Mm -hmm. is at another level because they just start singing Mm -hmm. and then everybody works together on this So anyway, it's a great show. We love to go see it Uh, Chris Grace Mm. guest on the show fishbowl alum Mm. He's in he wasn't performing last night, but he's in that show Mm. Uh, Anyway, we're chilling. We're chatting. We're driving out there giggling laughing Mm -hmm. We park the car Chilling, chatting, giggling, laughing We cross the street, chilling, chatting, giggling, laughing In line In line You get through those doors and the grim pallor of death takes over you
0: <laughs> So yeah.
2: suddenly like you were You were yes. like not talking back, but you were like snapping at the ticket girl, and then mm. you were telling me that I was a fool for trusting the waitlist. I did
1: not say it that way. Also, I didn't snap at her. I don't snap at people. You did.
2: She said, "I can take that ticket for you," and you're like, "No, I'm going to hold on to it until I'm inside." And she was like okay (laughs) I can take it but fine do it your way then she walked away
1: yeah because I thought what if what if later on they say that it was stupid but I thought at the moment what if later on they say oh you don't have your ticket you can't come in that's what I thought but be you can't come in that's what I thought you
2: can't come in (laughs) yeah you you, you
1: can't can't come in in. you can't come in lady where is your (laughs) ticket and I didn't want that to happen because in my brain at that time
2: now I'm imagining there's mm -hmm. a line for kyan kyan in and it's spelled
1: <laughs> you can't come in that okay, Kiont, I'm just going Kiamen, to confess, and it's maybe, you
2: in that line i'm just going love. to
1: confess that it's really difficult it's a little challenging to find my kenyan accent again that's okay after after speaking with the american accent for so long yeah. i thought
2: you were going to say it's really difficult to come from japan where everything is so freaking organized and then land at ucb which that is too. a a, a prison run by the very inmates. yes and there's kind of a system but also kind of no yeah, system there's anywhere so, you look <laughs> but there's that's so all of America a day yeah. about
1: everything. I mean as long as you have your as long as you've paid or as long yeah. as you've reserved you can come in you don't have to hold your ticket and show them, hey, this is my ticket you don't have to hold on to your ticket until the end of it. In Japan you had to hold on to your ticket because at any point someone yeah. could ask you where's your ticket and if you don't have one, then you're kicked out.
2: Yeah 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 so I, I understand yeah. where you're coming from. Yes, and uh, also I have a little bit more experience being the lackadaisical, Isn't mm. it lackadaisic?
1: Lackadaisical, yes.
2: Lackadaisical American mm. that that uh, that but we in all some are. Some songs over
1: here. they say hey hey and lackada.
2: Some when songs. you don't. Has- how many songs? Old songs. <laughs> Let's get the number on how many of these <laughs> some songs. Yes.
1: So, yes, they're irrational and I'm glad we're catching them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we'll just have to deal with them. And the thing is, I'm going to be at UCB every week for the next two months. So I have no choice but to overcome these very irrational fears. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just being intimidated because I'm in an environment where I don't have the skill I feel I need to have to be a part of that uh, community, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's what
1: it is. And,
2: and you, if there's one thing you hate, it's doing things incorrectly. Right?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're
2: trying to chip away at that, yeah. that monolith inside yes. of you.
1: Mm-hmm. So, other than that, mm-hmm. this episode
2: is, w- but, yeah, enough about us.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey,
2: happy Goose. birthday! I do love you, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm really excited to see what happens over the course of this year and how we grow as people. And let's keep track of it.
1: I love you too, sweet potato peer, maybe. my baby.
2: Am I too hard on you? No. We got reports that um, that I should stop bullying you. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, Piu. Sometimes you're hard on me, but most times you're not. Most okay. times you, you're, you're very even killed and you try to deal with me at my level, which I uh, appreciate. Here's the
2: thing is, I mm. wake up and I see you bouncing off the walls, singing your songs about what shall I have for breakfast this morning. <laughs> <laughs> So I get shook when you Mm -hmm. walk into an an, when you're so silly Mm -hmm. around me, Mm -hmm. and then we walk into an environment that is specifically it's raison (laughs) d'être is for people to be silly in it, Uh and you get so serious. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, I
1: know, I know, I know, baby. Why does
2: it get shut down here? We we're goofing off all day long at home, Mm -hmm. and then the switch flips in there, and it's.
1: I know, and if it were the other way around.
2: We are not hosting UCB shows in our living room.
1: I know. I know. I no can't one deal cares. with
2: all those people coming into
1: our house. <laughs> you would be having a breakdown.
2: Yes. Um, yeah. Our guest, we, this is a very special episode. Absolutely correct. Mm, mm. Um, this is a very, very special episode and a little bit of a weird one because mm. uh, what
1: we're. What,
2: this this Wednesday, a solo show mm. launches at Whitefire Theater. Mm-hmm. We've been there heaps of time. Anyways, yeah, solo show. Yeah, it's a solo show Yeah. <laughs> but this is not this is not Vixen DeVille. We are we are shooting someone else's solo show though at mm-hmm. Whitefire Theater. Mm-hmm. Um and the star is Megan Rippy, and she was scheduled to come on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we she had a family emergency. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of of scheduling, rescheduling and we had we we brought in this is the first time we've had a ringer on the show, mm. which um, we had to kind of revise the plan, reschedule the thing yes. So we mm. talk a little bit about, the, uh, Megan's show, Dear Woman, on this mm-hmm. episode. But we talk about it from a much more behind-the-scenes perspective. What I was hoping to do mm. was have Megan on first and get the clear the clear view of her program. From the
1: artist's perspective. From
2: the artist perspective. Yeah. And mm. then second, we would get the director's behind-the-scenes mm. perspective of it. Mm. Mm. Uh, we had to flip the script on this one. We're getting the director's perspective first, so you're going to yeah. get a peek. Behind the scenes Before you really know What's in front of the scenes mm-hmm. um, But this episode was a, a, Just like a firecracker conversation We hit the ground yeah. running And it's one uh, What are your thoughts on it While I organize a couple more thoughts That I want to share <laughs> before we
3: I
1: enjoyed this sh- this episode Because um, Miss Valerie mm. The director of the sh- of the Oh yeah, his name is Valerie
2: <laughs> I've talked around <laughs> she, that
1: She, Valerie Hager She, um Oh
2: boy, she's really—it's Valerie Hager, Valerie Hager, Valerie Valerie Hager. Hager. Sorry,
1: she's very fine-tuned to directing females. Yeah, directly. Yes, yes, and she read you like a book, and behind the scenes, and yeah. So I'm just sitting there minding my own business, thinking, "This is one of Pew's guests," and she zeroed in on me.
2: And I think for the first half, I'm doing most of the... Most of the talking, yes, and then we find out that the whole time she's been kind of reading you. Yeah, she dissects yeah. And you she, and she, puts she, you back together. Yes,
1: yes, and and Valerie looks you in the eye when she's talking to you. Mm-hmm. I felt like she was seeing my soul. Mm-hmm. I felt like there were um, little Swinkies inside me running around, going, "Why, why, why are they shining? What's going how on?" We... Ah! You know. <laughs> that bloodlight is too bright. Yep. Yeah, she she
2: had your number.
1: Yeah, so I. I uh, I we want to make it about the guests, but sometimes the guests are so intuitive, yeah. and they just they turn it around and make it about one of us. Usually, recently, me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> no,
2: we've been we've been oh I dare I say it we've been blessed mm-hmm. to have guests who are saying what we have this thing in our family can mm-hmm. I that where I tell you a thing for five consecutive years and every time I say it, you're like uh huh uh huh and then somebody else yeah reaching for that bell. <laughs> Then after five years, somebody else says, "Like I've been saying, Swinky, you should this is uh, you you should tie your laces in a double bow." Mm. And you've been going uh huh uh huh uh huh, and then you'll be out at, at a dinner or something, and somebody yeah. will say, "Oh my God, your shoes are so cute! You should tie your laces in a double bow." And then you'll come home and you go, like, "Pew pew pew! I would just <laughs> tie my laces in a double bow." <laughs> and we've been having guest after guest after guest who's been echoing these things that I feel like I've been trying to say to you, yeah. and they come in with fresh. A fresh voice, mm-hmm. and um, and it's so such a relief for me because I know that you'll hear it. Yeah, and I can finally.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you just turn to me with that smug expression on your face. So smug, <laughs> the
2: smuggest mug to ever bug. <laughs>
1: Ba! <laughs> what? You're Also, oh, also, we're trying to replace ba oh, yes. with.
2: Be gone with you, lad.
1: Yes, because we watched the lighthouse and that was the only good thing we got from it.
2: Uh, lighthouse, do you want to give a quick review? You got one word.
1: One word? Uh, why?
2: My one word? Mm. Dunno.
1: <laughs> okay. Pio, we need to go.
2: We gotta go. We gotta get you to work, mm-hmm. and we gotta.
1: What are we doing? We
2: gotta give the, the our, our audience this incredible episode. Yes, this audience. is insane. Yes. Why are we still here spinning Why are our we wheels? Still talking well, we've got me. An, an amazing episode yes. to give to the audience.
1: So much better than whatever it is we're saying right now. Listen, I agree one hundred percent. Valerie.
2: Valerie, Sitting there patiently
1: with her glorious, luscious mane. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I am a little
2: hesitant to set you up because I'm not sure exactly how to set you up. I know you as a theater director, I know you as a theater performer, and I know that that is not the totality of your life, and I'd love you to fill in what I assume is like 90% blanks at this point, if that's all I know about you. What else, how else should I be thinking of you?
3: Well, uh, I mean, I think that that's probably a good focus, since, okay. you know, we really want to kind of talk about that stuff and dear woman and the work involved with that, and yes, and, and all that. So, I think that's like I think that's actually a great starting point.
2: Yes, nailed it. <laughs> ten out of ten would host again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's let's back up a little bit. We're going to be talking about dear woman on this show. Yeah. Is that correct? Um, Dear Woman, would you be kind enough to set up that show?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So Dear Woman is a solo show that I've co-developed with Megan Rippey. Um, She's the writer-performer, and we've been working on it for about a year. And it's basically a solo show about Megan's experience as an exotic dancer, Mm. but it takes place in a dark fairy tale. Mm. Um, It's basically based off of one night where she was visited in her dream by a half woman, half deer. And after that point, she was never the same. And so Mm -hmm. we took that and uh, that sort of like real life experience and we put it to the stage Um, And blended the kind of like real world and fantasy world together. Mm. And there you have Dear Woman.
2: How'd you get involved with this?
3: Uh, I got involved with this because I have a show that I've been touring for five years Mm -hmm. called Naked in Alaska. Mm. And it's about my experience as an exotic dancer. It's Mm -hmm. very different than Megan's. Mm. Um, And it basically talks to... um, me as a young addict and uh, getting clean and sober Mm. and uh, looking for a family in the strip clubs and Mm. kind of this securitous kind of journey towards, um, I guess, wholeness Mm. that that I found in there because I had to face everything that I was running from inside. And I thought that I could get away from it, but those, the clubs that I was working in only made me face it. And so um, that's, the show that I wrote and performed. And then Megan, when it was produced by Bootleg in 2017, Megan came with a bunch of girls from Jumbos and I had no idea who she was at that point. And she connected with me afterwards and we hit it off. Mm -hmm. And we have just been, you know, from then, from the get-go, it was like, we were meant to be together and working together.
2: Mm. I loved watching you guys work. So I I swung by, it was yesterday or two days ago? It must have been two days days ago. ago. I
3: know, right? Mm. Was it? I don't know. It wasn't yesterday. Strange.
2: Two days ago. Mm. I swung by and I got to see a rehearsal. Thank you for welcoming me in uh, to the behind the scenes peak. And I, I also got to see you two working together. I love... I love the shorthand you two share where it basically, uh, the conversation was like, I know you did that thing and you were thinking this thing. And then I thought that you should keep going. And then you did. So you heard what I thought. And then Megan would go, yeah, I knew I was thinking that thing and you thought I should think something else. So I thought that instead. And I was just like, what the fuck are they talking
3: about? <laughs> Yes. Yes. No
2: question in there, so good luck with that.
3: You know that I think what it is, though, is that um, uh, the way that I that I think, especially working with somebody who has had this similar experience mm. that Megan and I have had, mm. um, we both had, well, she's worked, let's say she's still, you know, dancing, and she's been dancing for 11 years, I danced for 11 years, and mm. we have a lot of crossover in there. And we both have a, a way of working. That mm. there is this kind of um, language that it doesn't even sometimes need to be spoken for us to understand. It's mm. just like it's already kind of in the room. Mm. And also, we've been working with each other for a year. Yeah.
2: Mm. Well, there's sure. one thing. I'm I'm very curious. So you got the two Venn diagrams. There's your life and experience in this in in this world and hers. And you say there's a lot of overlap. So I'm kind of like going back. Is it okay if I ask follow-up questions on that?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> cool. I can't <laughs> wait to. Um, one of the things that I, I don't want to spoil too much or, you know, let the cat out of the bag on what the show is, because it's really a, you got to be there to experience it kind of show. It's. Uh, I had a blast. I had so much fun watching it. And um, well, okay, we'll get into that. We'll get into all that in a little bit. What I wanted to ask about was at the start of the show, it, it kind of chronicles her life getting started in in dancing and uh, it starts out with like giddy highs and i was wondering uh, and and independence and asserting herself and it starts off so a uh, bullet out of the gun kind of high emotions and uh, could you just like what was your experience with that was it was it awesome to begin was it like what what was your what was your trajectory in that
3: um, in exotic dancing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that the trajectory was that I was uh, living in San Diego. I was—is um, that where you grew up? That's where I grew up. Okay. I grew up in San Diego. Mm. Um, my dad, like, uh, my dad is a, a professional mime, like, real mm. deal. That's how he has he has you know has a house and is mm. supportive of his family doing mm. that. Mm. You do know, you travel
2: as a mime, or do you stay home and do you stay in the town mostly? Like, what's a, what's a mime's? financial
0: ecosystem like well
3: i think that he is a special person in the sense that i don't think there is maybe like a handful of people who've been able to crack that you know Mm -hmm. what i mean Mm -hmm. um but he started in like 1975 and like took off in 1980 in san diego when there was none of this happening and so there was like kind of like a space for him and you know so he so he basically created this kind of um a character that became the, the San Diego mime artist. And mm-hmm. then from there, he traveled a little bit, but mostly it, it's been local. And then he actually got, uh, became a professor of mime oh, and taught wow. mime at of college in San mm. Diego. And so- anyway I grew up uh, seeing my dad as a performance artist a movement artist who was telling stories through his body mm. and a solo artist also mm-hmm. and also somebody who was on the edge like he totally went a different path that almost seemed as if it was impossible mm. to make a living out of yeah right so is it like
2: a bohemian house that you're growing up in or
3: it's not really a bohemian house it, you'd think it would be I think so too I would think that too mm. but you know my mom and dad divorced when I was five and so I was going back and forth Mm. but my dad you know he he is like um he's kind of conservative at home and Mm. you know what i mean and he's he's a quiet stoic man Mm. and then he he has this kind of like alter ego that comes into his work yeah Mm. yeah Mm. so do you you
2: pick up any of that like do you have a different you when you're on when you're stage
3: mm. i think i'm a little bit more um blended um maybe there's not such a, a contrast but you know the thing of it is, is is that then though when he is with you know we probably all relate to this when he's with people that he can that he's that he feels comfortable with mm-hmm. or that really see him or that he he feels seen by mm-hmm. he comes alive mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um when it's more uh, with folks that maybe aren't the tribe members yeah it's like pulled back a little bit oh yeah yeah, yeah, you know what i mean that that
2: happens a
3: lot that happens yeah you get it it. yeah Yeah. but but, but i think that one of the things is is that having seen my dad um as a small child i think there was something in me that was like i know that i want to do that i don't know what it is Mm -hmm. i know that i want to be my only one and i want to be by myself creating work alone and affecting an audience mm. of different yeah. ages and you know different backgrounds
2: mm. so how do you how does that desire first manifest like what, when are your first performances and what do those look like how do you how, how do, do you express that
3: well i think that i was lucky enough to have that mentor and so i was performing with him at 5 you know, five years old, like mm-hmm. literally at this outside, you know, shopping arena called Seaport Village that's mm. in San Diego. It used to be really cool and now it's super corporate, mm. but I would be with him mm. and he would be doing his mime and I would be dressed up as Punky the Clown and, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it, th- those were my early, early um, inspirations, mm. but then cut to, you know, shit happens and like you know, divorce happened and a bunch of other stuff happened mm. and things started to go downhill. And so for me, that's, I, I you know, was probably like what? 13, 14 years old and I became a crystal meth addict. Mm, and how does that get started? Wah, wah, like, yeah. That gets started. How do you because find your first hit? I'll tell you. Mm. This is how it gets started for me. It gets started okay. for everyone else, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but for me, it was it stemmed out of a feeling of a lack of self-worth and feeling that I that I my body was bad and I needed to get skinny. And I heard that this is what could make you skinny. So I literally went to school and asked people, where can you get this thing called crystal meth? And then there was a girl that looked way too old to be there and she had suspenders on, like one was hanging over her shoulder Mm. and she sold me my first $20 bag.
2: Mm. How much is a $20? I don't mean the cost, but is that one hit? Is that a day? Like, I don't know. It's enough. I don't think it's.
3: It's not, well, girl, no, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's enough. It's enough for, you know, a kid that young to be able to, you know, get through a couple days. Okay. Mm. Okay. You Mm. know, um, but, yeah, it's sort of like that, that was that. And then, you know, after that, a lot of other you know, a lot of other obstacles mm. and challenges happened. Did you make it through high school? If that's like 14 when you're
0: yeah, kicking I made, off. Yeah, I made it through
3: high school. Okay. I didn't I didn't graduate. I mean, I had to go back. So the thing of it is, is mm. I was failing school. Mm. I was like a bulimic, a cutter, a meth addict. I mean, you fucking name it. It was wow. like boom, boom, boom.
1: And all because you wanted to lose weight. I and think it was it's more than image. that. Right. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. I think
3: mm. that it, it stemmed from you know, things maybe with my mom, living with my mom and my stepdad oh. were, weren't really um, settling and were they mm. were a little bit chaotic. There mm-hmm. was a lot of other stuff I don't really want to get into that yeah, was going yeah, on, not, yeah, no. you know? And then dad, you know, kind of was doing his own thing and having his career and doing great. And my stepmom and they had, a couple, they had their own kids, you know? And so it was just kind of like going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, there was just other things that happened mm. Um and and one of them had to be and and I think it got manifested into if only I could be this kind of appearance then mm. maybe everything else would go away right yeah
1: oh. yeah that's
2: yeah yeah so the, that's
1: really heavy for a teenager yeah I yeah think a it's lot just of a lot to handle yeah go
3: through that mm. I think mm. a lot of them do mm.
2: yeah 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 yeah. yeah the the. the 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 discomfort in your body, the right. confusion about what the world is, the, the trying to figure out what the fuck a family is,
3: right, yeah. and
2: then yeah, what yeah, is a family,
3: and then and then sort of like not feeling like one fits anywhere, and mm-hmm. at school feeling like an outcast, yeah. and you know, and also school for me was was also like a violent situation. I mean, that's where. You know, watch I talk about Naked in Alaska. Mm. That's where sexual assault happened. That's where rape happened. Mm. That's where things like that for me happened. Happened in school. Mm. So it mm. wasn't this like, rah, rah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I found other ways to deal with it. Very alienating.
2: So mm. you graduate from school. What's...
3: Well, I didn't, I got kicked oh, out. You got kicked
2: out yeah. of school. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Winner. She was biting her nail while yeah. saying that. <laughs> I got kicked out of school, but mm-hmm. I went back to adult school after I got clean and sober. Mm-hmm. How long
2: what's the what's the interim there between getting kicked out and getting clean? How long did that take you to sort? I got kicked
3: out um of school and then both my mom separate and my dad separate were like, We can't we got we can't actually have you at the house anymore in the state that you're in, so you gotta go. Mm. So Did they know you were using it? Oh, yeah. They they put it all together? Yeah. They knew I was using. I Mm. had gone to um, rehab. Mm. Okay. Um, And I had had been, you know, teachers had been suspended me. There was all kinds of...
2: Did you come out of rehab sober or...
3: I came out of rehab sober, and then because I didn't choose to go in that rehab, I didn't stay sober. Oh. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 it must come from you. But
2: you were, you yeah. were done with the, the withdrawal symptoms and all that when you came out. Like, you Oh, were,
3: yeah, I was in there for 52 days. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Impatient. Yeah, yeah. And
2: then yeah, as soon as you get out, it's like, well, fuck that. Shit kind of thing Yeah okay. I mean
3: unfortunately It's that thing that they say In the program mm. Which I was in for 18 years And I'm not in anymore mm-hmm. But it was great for me At the time mm. Which they say You have to change Your people, places, and things mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I didn't do that Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm. yeah, yeah You know So, you know It went right back into What it already was But yeah. it just got worse mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah But yeah. it was like a year Of then being uh, Kind of like living With a drug dealer boyfriend Yep and you know doing you know a little bit of being like homeless and all mm. of these like th- on my own terms mm. and then i just totally imploded and hit a bottom thankfully mm.
1: right but and this all this is in san diego in
3: san diego oh. yeah mm.
1: how what do you
2: wish like where are you at with what your parents how they called it that that uh they couldn't what, how would you have wanted your parents to be present for you if they could have been, or was it? A, were you in a place where you weren't going to let them be present anymore, or like, like what? What is the right thing to do as a parent in that?
1: In that situation, yeah. it's so hard. Mm.
2: For, from your perspective, we're not talking the whole world. Oh, yeah. I'm just talking like what could have been better, what could have gone smoother so in hard. that whole. Mm. I
3: mean, I think it's so hard. I mean, I think I my parents. You know, I have a great relationship now. Yeah. I, 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 You know. I will tell you this, even Mm. though there was, especially with my mom, Mm. and if she listens to this, you know, she will vouch for this too. Mm. Mm -hmm. We had a, we, we, we struggled. We had a very difficult relationship Mm. and we have worked incredibly hard, so hard. We're still working, Mm -hmm. you know, on making it better. Mm. And my dad and I have always had this creative connection. So there was at least in the darkest of, you know, days, Mm. there was always this little speck you know, that I knew there was like speck of light that I Mm. didn't know how I was going to get there, but I knew it existed, Mm, mm. you know, but in terms of what they could all that stuff, I just feel like, you know what, at the end of the day, I think that they were doing the best that they could be doing. And there is a lot of stuff that each of us have on our shoulders. And, Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes we just, we don't know how to do any better and we're already doing because the state of our consciousness is only where it is, mm. mm-hmm. you know? Mm. Yeah.
2: And it's like, I'm thinking about it from a parent's perspective. I, I, of course, I'm listening to it from your perspective as well. But as a parent, at a certain point, there's like the thought, I am so far out of my league right now. Mm. Um, I cannot trust myself to fix this. Like this, is the stakes are too high and I'm too full of ignorance right now to know what to do. And at that point, it is like a uh, call in someone, you know, check that someone into rehab, and just hope that that
0: right.
2: helps. I, I'm trying to think of it like what I would do if I was in that situation as mm-hmm. a father. And there's no one size fits all, answer. there's no, no there's no switch you can flip, and it's all good. Uh, okay, so you, um,
3: <laughs> you yeah, I just <laughs> I do yeah. want to say that though. I, lo- I I appreciate that you said that because I think that. You know what you're saying is like, yeah, you 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 have the parents' perspective. Of, yeah. If they possibly they they may be like, I don't know what the hell to do anymore, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and they they still may be having unhealthy patterns and not aware of how those are affecting mm-hmm. those around them. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. but but there is that place that that a person can get of I, I literally don't know what to do other than to put this person yeah into this place, mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, and mm-hmm. just
2: hope against hope that something goes right in there that I don't yeah, understand exactly,
0: yeah,
2: and so what went right, like what's I know it's 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 a weird reversal to frame that bottoming out as what goes right, but like what goes what what was that bottom, and what is the turnaround inside of you, it seems. I'm I'm suspicious that there's a lot of resilience inside. Like I've yeah. got this sinking suspicion that yeah. you're, you're a bit of a fighter. You see
3: what you are though. You yeah. see what you are. That's
2: uh, okay. I'm not gonna I'm not Which gonna I... deflect it, I'm gonna take
3: it, ah, <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna do my
2: best with that one. But like what goes right then? What what turns you around?
3: I think what goes right is that so I was I was in the, this is kind of funny mm. uh, and not, but yes. So I was like <laughs> at, you know, um, a place they called Santee Lakes with my drug dealer boyfriend and I'm like 18 years old mm. and he's out fishing and we're, you know, having slept for days and my mm. eyes look like two black holes mm. and, you know, oh, I'm in the car by myself mm. and I literally look up into the rear view mirror and I catch my eyes and I think in that moment that I see the devil and I don't mean it like, you know, like it's, I'm saying a religious thing or or something, Mm. I see like darkness. Mm. I just see nothing but darkness. And there was something about that moment that took the wind out of me. And I kid you not, the the window was a little bit cracked open Mm. and this full like leaf with all the, like beautiful orange leaf Mm. flew in and Mm. landed on my lap, just like this. Mm. And it was like in that moment, I don't know what it was about that seeing my eyes the leaf landing on my lap mm. and this kind of gut in myself saying mm. this is not all there is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have oh, yeah. I have either what I see in the rearview mirror which mm. is like death mm-hmm. or I have life. Mm-hmm. What am I going to choose? Wow. You know. So mm-hmm. and I think that little speck of light that I talked about before was still kind of like percolating inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Enough for me to go I, I don't want to die. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know. But you could see it coming and feel it coming. I could see it coming. I could feel it coming. And I literally that next morning left – the boyfriend that I was with at the time, who we were we were dealing drugs together, mm. he was huddled up on the couch and he was coming down, and it was not a good sight. Mm. And I felt like I was abandoning him, but I said I can't be here anymore. I have to go. Mm. And I grabbed a knife because I was like super paranoid. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. I walked to the Seven Eleven mm. and I literally said, "Do you know where Three Eleven Highland is?" Mm. It was literally called Three Eleven Highland, where the NA meeting was Highland. Oh. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, "Do you know where Three Eleven Highland is?" I I looked in the yellow pages. Mm. Yeah, I looked in the yellow. I looked in the yellow pages, and Mm. I'm holding the knife, and I'm like, and and I there's a meeting there. I don't know. I think it's I got to go there. And this Mm. guy turns around in front of me, and he says, "I'm on my way to that meeting right now. Mm. I'll take you." Mm. And I literally was like, "I got the fucking knife in my pocket. I'll Mm. be fine." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I got in that meeting, and by the time we got there, you know, things had already started. By the end of the meeting, somebody said, "Is there anyone that has a burning desire?" And I didn't know what a burning desire was, but Mm. I just knew that I had in me a burning desire. Mm. And I shot my hand up. I shared my story Mm. hysterically. Mm. And at that moment, like women on all sides of me came over, Mm. literally like wings on either side. Yeah, yeah. And that was it. And I was in that for 18 years. I was in that program for 18 years. Wow. Yeah. And you never looked back. I never looked, I mean, I yeah. like looking back a little bit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's how
3: I create work. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Do you know what happened to him? The boyfriend that was, yeah, he
3: ended mm. up, um, he ended up having a much harder road. So mm. he was uh, in and out of prison for years, mm. years, struggling with really, really gnarly addictions, mm. um, had children, mm. um, um, and was with different women mm. and really trying his best. And mm. I think that he finally is on a path right now. Oh, okay. So, yeah. but it took a long time for him to get there. Yeah. Long time. Oh, wow.
2: I don't yeah. care how long it takes. I'm just happy when it doesn't, it's not death that is. It, yeah. that, that it's- Without any resolve yeah. or- Yeah. Because yeah. it's mm. so, so possible for it to go straight to death. I know. That I'd rather it take 20 years and mm. then get straightened out than 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 any of the alternatives.
3: Mm. Me too. Oh. Mm. <gasps>
1: Me too how,
2: how you holding up sweetie? No I got this goosebumps
1: <laughs> When she was telling That story
2: No and, and it works Beautiful like litter, Literarily it also <laughs> Works like the idea Of the leaf blowing In the wind yeah, And yeah. finding you know Finding purchase On your knee Is yeah. a, a perfect metaphor Yeah
3: Wow oh. It's actually how I came up with My stripper name What's Really what was Your stripper name My stripper name Was Autumn mm. Yeah
1: I kind of that one. That's a nice
2: name. Thank you. you, Swinky. what's your stripper name? name? name?
1: I don't know. Now that we're talking seasons, I'd probably say summer.
3: I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say summer. I would
1: say my my stripper name is summer. What would your stripper name be? Oh, I'm
2: trying not to make it into a joke. All I can think is uh, Throb Gobley. That's okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Don't encourage him. (laughs) You could be Winter. I'd be,
2: oh.
1: Yeah. I know a musician called Winter. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mm-hmm. like it. Yeah, it's the a percussion, percussion instrument. All right, yes, please, continue. So let's get into the, the
2: performing <laughs> side of things. You, when do you start performing yeah. and what... Does it start at, at, with dancing or... Um, like how does that how does that weave in? Yeah. And we're going to bring this all back around to dear woman. Oh yeah,
3: I'm trusting <laughs> you. You I see. trust the process. You can see how it's. I trust the process. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I feel like well, the you know, I was performing with my dad when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. so like five years old, six years, old whatever, and did all these mime plays and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and then you know. Uh, in junior high I was in all these plays and you know high school I was cast Which
2: first which for Dorothy
3: is in Dorothy and the Wizard Not of Oz bad. and then I got like I was super skinny cuz mm. I was on crystal meth in the beginning of it mm-hmm. and then I lost my my I lost my dealer and I and I got sent to my dad's and I didn't know who who to get a hook up from and so mm. I gained all this weight because I had I didn't know how else to deal with all my self-hate Yeah <laughs> yeah The yeah. Flying Monkeys couldn't pick me up that well in the end of it it was uh, like really sad uh, Yeah they were like what the hell happened yeah. I was like, like, you was so light <laughs> Yeah, they were like, girl Oh my God <laughs> Listen So, yeah But, you know, I've been performing for my whole life, really And mm-hmm. then I think that's why uh, exotic dancing made so much sense mm-hmm. I mean, I remember my, my first night dancing was in Tijuana mm-hmm. And I went with my friend at the time Who's also the supporting character in my play Naked in Alaska um, And we went to... Uh, uh, we went to Tijuana and that we had to go drive up the spiral st- staircase at the top of, t- there was this like club that was kind of like hidden. Mm. And I found out later that people had been shot and killed there. Like, you mm-hmm. know, a couple years earlier and mm. it was half owned by the Mexican mafia. Mm. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever, you know, mm. just like, fuck. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If we're doing this, let's if do we're doing it. This, let's do it. Mm. And I remember going in there and there was these lights and there was like you know, this smoke and all of these beautiful women. And I felt so intimidated. And at the same time, I wanted it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm. And I went back into the dressing room. My friend gave me stuff to borrow and they called my name to the stage and I had to walk up these little stairs Mm. and it was an elevated stage. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, just feeling like this is fucking it. Like I Mm. got this. There Mm. was not even a second of mm-hmm. being <gasps> no self-doubt, do. yeah. nothing. nothing. Wow. It was looking out onto this sea of men mm. and then these women that were looking at me as I, you know, stepping up onto the stage mm. and feeling like I'm going to make every motherfucker in here love me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what it was all about from mm-hmm. the get-go. Mm-hmm.
2: Did it work? Did it, you did you kill?
3: I, d- I felt like it did work for a long time. I mean, mm. for dancing... Dancing is for, and this is only my experience, but for me, dancing is both empowering and disempowering, and the tension between those things are constant. Mm, mm, mm.
2: You seem like the right person to direct, dear woman. Oh, thank knowing you. Knowing what's it, what the contents are, please continue with that
1: thought. <laughs> like, and now we have to watch, dear woman.
2: You, I've, I've seen it, darling.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. you will. You Get will. Get the
2: program, young lady. Okay.
1: You will. All right. Good. You will.
2: Yeah, it's in like less than a week. Okay, good. Six days (laughs) counting. All
1: right. I'm looking forward to that. Dear woman with E.E., right? Dear. Dear. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And I want to kind of get a little bit more of a breakdown. I don't perform. I don't get on stage. I stay far, far behind the camera as much as possible. (laughs) Um, Because all I can experience on stage is that feeling of disempowering. And I'd love uh, to learn about the other side of the coin, which Swinky knows a bit about. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I, if we, can I get, because I, I know what is terrifying about it. I know mm. what is what gets sucked out of me when I'm in front of people. Mm. What gets put, like what's, talk to me.
3: Uh, and do me you in. mean um, uh, on, on the stage in front of like a, a theater audience? Or do you mean the stage in front of, um, if I'm at a, a club dancing, or do you mean both?
2: I mean, well, for me, I mean all of it. All this of it. is as public as I can get. Is one extra person in my living room to mm, talk yeah, to. I got it. Um, so when I see people performing on stage and commanding a room and, and feeling that power, like it, it it feels very distant to me. Mm. Uh, whether whatever the performance is, whether it's a street performance or uh, exotic dancing or a Shakespearean monologue. Mm. It feels very distant to me, and I'd love to just hear your meditations or musings on that,
3: mm, if, you, yeah.
2: if you have any. If oh, not, I, th- we can- I,
3: I think that's interesting, though, mm. that it feels distant to you. What is it that feels distant to you, do you think?
2: About the empowerment part of yeah. it? Yeah. Um, it's just where I don't feel comfortable. I, it's mm. I can't fathom... A place where I feel less comfortable, <laughs> honestly. Like, I'm trying to think.
1: Other than on stage.
2: Yeah. Where would I... I mean, you know, I'd rather not have needles under my nails or yeah. something like that. But mm. um, but just in general, day-to-day living. Like, I'd rather sl- swim in black waters at night wow. than...
3: <laughs> because it feels too vulnerable or it feels frightening or you're, uh, what happens?
2: Because I don't know how to command it. I don't oh. know what to do with that room. And I see people who know what to do with that room. And it's such a beautiful gift or mm. uh, cultivated skill. talent or mm. skill. Whatever, yeah, wherever. And it's a mixture of all those things, of course. Mm. But uh, it just it, it feels like nothing could feel more distant.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Again, no question in there, so no. I, I don't. I think that's. It. But
3: I think that you know. That's that. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Hmm. You know. I, no, I don't yeah, feel wrong at all. I yeah. just feel like it's how it is. You just know that's is. how you are, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
2: Some people like cheesecake. Some people don't like cheesecake, exactly. and that's cool. Mm. And I am not a cheesecake. Well, I love cheesecake. You but love the metaphor cheesecake. Metaphor falls but apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a metaphor <laughs> works, but it took a, uh, but it too you. far and the rubber band broke.
3: <laughs> yeah, I get where yeah. you were going. Yeah, you know what I mean. mean? Love like, it's just, it's yeah. just,
2: I prefer not to experience that. Mm. So
3: I think that um, all I can say is that I feel like it's a place where I come alive. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, there's something about solo performance. So mm-hmm. I've written six solo shows. And one of them is toured internationally, which is Naked in Alaska. Mm -hmm. And the other ones have uh, performed bi-coastally in New York and LA. And many of them deal with the sex industry, um, but they're all very different. Mm. Um, And I think that there's something about excavating those wounds inside of me and bringing light to the things that once were like riddled in darkness Mm. that I feel like I come alive and I am fully living, Whatever it is that I'm meant to do here on this world, mm. and I conf- in the work that I do, I also there's something sacred about the exchange for me with the people in the audience, mm-hmm. where I feel like we are on something together, and there is an invisible in the room that we are all a part of. Mm.
2: You gave words to something I never had words for. There's an invisible in the room, and I'm gonna that that went right in the back pocket. Oh, mm-hmm. good. I'm
3: yes. glad. I'm We're glad that you loved of. that. Nice. Yeah i'm glad that you love that
2: (laughs) Swinky. yes you're you're uncharacteristically quiet
1: in
0: this episode i'm
1: just a little bit mesmerized because i've never actually had a conversation with someone who's worked in not necessarily the sex industry but something related to the sex industry and i come from a very conservative background Mm. so i feel like I'm I'm just a student, I have nothing to mm. contribute, <laughs> nothing Nothing to ah, say. Ah, I counter
2: with you have so much to contribute and it like comes in the shape too. of, oh. of uh, don't take this the wrong way, it comes in the shape of ignorance, like yes. you are a wealth of wanting to know new things. <laughs>
1: I'm full of ignorance, yes, yes that's true. <laughs> <laughs> You're bubbling yeah.
2: over with it.
1: Yeah, I know, what, the countries you've taken your shows to, yeah. what's the reception been like?
3: You know, it mm. has been such a, uh, a an amazing experience because mm. that's a great question, mm. especially I didn't know how they were going to take it in Scotland because mm-hmm. I did the um, Edinburgh Fringe. I did it in 2014, and I did 27 shows in a row. Mm, wow. Also, my husband is the director and co-developer of all the pieces that I do, mm. so the work is really, really intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I I had no idea. And believe it or not, I they uh, – the reception was amazing. Mm. And I think it's because what I'm after in my pieces Mm. is truth. Mm. I'm really not interested in gimmicks Mm. or in mocking or in, you know, trying to make them do da 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 do. You know what Mm. I mean? Yeah. All I'm doing is Mm. like getting up there Mm. and trying to be as fucking honest as I can. Yeah. In the characters I play, in what I'm uh, the questions that I'm putting forth yeah when I'm looking at people in their eyes mm, mm. and I think that there's something in that like everybody feels relief they're like that's what we want to
1: you
2: you hit you hit something that I think about I do I do directing uh, shorts and features a narrative and um, you hit on the word of questions and that's always. one of of the things that's on the front of my mind when I'm going into a new product uh, project is what questions are we answering with this? Like, what are we trying to ask and what conclusions are we coming to on those topics? Um, how, what was your, when, when you jumped in with dear woman, dear woman, what were the questions you were asking at the beginning and, uh, you know, what, what kind of answers did, I don't know it's 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 leading the witness to to try to find an answer but what answers found you as you were going through that project mm.
3: Yeah, I think that's interesting You know, because solo theater Especially autobiographical mm. It's such a process And one of the things is Is that often people don't understand That it is an iterative process And it's mm. a process that actually never ends It's mm. not like creating a play That gets published And then that's all it is yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless unless you're somebody like You know, let's just say That's that's how it is for you But that's not how it is yeah. for you yeah. That's yeah. not yeah. how it is uh-huh, for me uh-huh. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like Megan came to me with um, um, really rich diary entries Mm. and really provocative. And she had kind of had already this uh, concept of the Dear Woman that had been creative and pieces of Dear Woman that she had already performed. And so really my question for her is, what is the story that you're trying to tell? At the Mm. end of the day, that's really what I was after. Mm. What is the story that you – what is this story? Mm. you know. And it's interesting because a lot of the times people – and this isn't Megan, but – a lot of the times people can, can say, well, the story is, you know, me coming into my own. And I'm like, that's not, that's not what a story is. Yeah, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, then it's really asking it, then it's really having a conversation about what makes a story and what, and what do you want the audience, how do you want them to be inside of themselves when this, when the blackout and the, and the, and the show is over? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. what, how, what questions do you want them to be asking? You know, I'm sure it's not, what do you want for dinner? Yeah. yeah, You know? know? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Uh, And I can say with full confidence that uh, the more complicated questions are raised in Dear Woman than, what do you you want
1: (laughs)
0: want for dinner? (laughs) dinner? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You want to get ice cream? So uh, (laughs) No.
2: Like, what, what did you want to untangle with this? Because I'm sure, uh, as director, like, you're... As, as the director of a solo show that's very autobiographical, you're trying to pull Megan onto... The, I imagine you're trying to pull her onto the path that she was going to walk on anyway, anyway kind of thing. Right. Like, that's... I feel like that's my job as a director is to get people yeah. to do what they were going to do anyway. Give them the space to do their best work, mm. um, which is what they would have done anyway. Just get it there quicker, I hope. Mm. Uh, but, you know, what... What are the questions that are coming up in your mind? And I, I'm hoping that we get Megan on sooner than later because yeah. I've got these same questions for her and yeah, a lot of. Sure. Like, I've, I've got a lot of really kind of nuanced pinpoint questions that I want to mm. ask her, but, um, but I, yeah, like, what were your. What were your questions? What were your answers on this I mean,
3: one? I work really physically and mm-hmm. I work really intensely. So the people mm-hmm. I work with, we, we, uh, you know, really most of the time it's taking something that's like a very rough draft and co-developing it from the ground up, mm-hmm. you know, so it's both of us on our feet. So it's looking at those diary entries that she had and putting them into scenes and and taking out all of the exposition and really getting like to what what is really happening here. I, you have something to say about exposition? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I can't imagine a version of that with more exposition. Half the fun I had at the show was yeah. trying to piece together where we were, when we were, Aww. who was there. All that information is really what was keeping me at the edge of my seat mm-hmm. was like, okay, 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 that's that person. Okay, now we're here. Okay, 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 okay. I got it, I got it, I got it. I got yeah, it. I know yeah. when we are. Mm. All right, let's enjoy the rest and of the And also, this
3: Megan's piece is very different. So, like, uh, let's say... Let's say with Naked in Alaska, Mm -hmm. you know, I start, uh, you know, with my head in the toilet, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, at 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And then you flash forward to me running to my friend's house after I lost my job, my boyfriend, my apartment Mm -hmm. and my car literally Mm -hmm. in the same day. Mm -hmm. And I'm like pounding on her door and I'm like, what the fuck do I do? And she's like, let's go strip in Tijuana. Mm -hmm. And then hence that whole journey takes Mm -hmm. place. And it's very, it's very easy to follow, Mm -hmm. but, um, but it also has you on the edge of your seat, where I think Megan's piece is more of like, she starts in the present day and something something strange has happened and it affects her in a way where she's not comfortable in it. So then she, in order to convince herself mm. that it, that all is well, she kind of goes back into this reverie. She goes mm-hmm. into these memories where like our memories are a bit like, rah, rah, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. don't really come like... So, you know, like a book turns pages, Mm. you know what I mean? So Mm. it was a little bit of, you know, her going back into this reverie until kind of like she is thrusted back into the present when she meets a a man at the club who, um, you know, isn't that great. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Here's the thing is, while the the narrative structure is um, zipping all over the place, the emotional structure was never, ever lost. On. Like that, yeah. the, the emotional three lines that you guys were able to to create. Oop, I got it this time. We yeah. The first mic oh. bump of the day.
1: <laughs> it, uh, Someone bumps the mic. Yeah,
2: it's guaranteed each episode one. we go. Oh. Like,
1: yeah.
2: No, 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 no. You're, you're good. You're, <laughs> you actually have, of all of our guests, I think the best posture yeah. to create a low likelihood of oh. mic bumping. In <laughs> fact, I'm going to uh, put it in your favor by getting this just a little bit out of the way there. So now you have this much more space to work with. (laughs) Now that's A great interview question <laughs> um, Yeah no, no, There's no there's no question there I'm just I'm just telling you How much I enjoyed the show At this mm. point So yeah, well,
1: whatever I, you I, want, I really want to, want to that, see it yeah. yeah I really want to see
3: it And also You know This is So She We had a first production Of this At Sun Assembly Last year And mm. it was The first time That it had been put up mm. And then She got uh, Or we got Three extended shows Which was really great Because you mm-hmm. want to Work it Work it Work it mm. And then You know Life went on and then it was um, this last month, really prepping for this one night at the White Fire. Um, but it's still, you know, figuring itself out, and it's uh, it's it's different than it was in certain ways at the last one, and the next one will be a little bit different than this. So, mm. you know, mm. it's a living, breathing piece, absolutely,
2: yeah. and that's kind of the cool thing about like the the solo shows feel so much more flexible because it's really and right. uh, any decision can be. Approved by the one person who's on stage mm. and enacted immediately. Even halfway through, mm. if she comes up with another direction to go, she could change the play
1: mm.
2: on the fly. So, Swinky, what's your solo show though?
1: <laughs> I have a question for Valerie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what's what's the most difficult thing when preparing for these shows? And uh, yeah. you're not you're not on stage, but you have to support her as you get her ready for it. What's the most difficult thing when preparing?
3: I think that. The most difficult thing mm. is the earlier stages mm. of really getting the piece to be at a place where it can get itself on a stage, mm. Mm. where when a person comes with... Um, you know let's say di- she came with diary entries and mm. then let's say I have another person that I'm working with that came that that, that has a bunch of prose like yeah. 19 pages of prose mm. you know and it's really that is the most challenging part mm. where mm. I have to and I know you can probably relate to this Jesse it's mm. like
0: here's hoping okay. mm-hmm. it's
3: director. like I, I can't like tell them I can't actually I'm not I'm not writing the show for them Right. Mm-hmm. it's not my story but mm-hmm. I'm definitely a part of the development of it mm. and I'm 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 assisting them with steering them this way or that way mm. and and I think that mm, two things is one thing is uh not everybody understands that when you're doing a solo show it's actually at the end of the day so much about your energy output and the graciousness that you are giving from your your guts up through your heart out through your eyes to the audience Mm, mm. and that it's not actually about you anymore like Mm. that's one of the it seems easy seems simple
0: Mm
2: -hmm. oh yeah it's one of those things saying it is the easiest thing in the world
3: (laughs) (laughs) but it's really like Mm. you know what this okay uh, there's something about a beast like energy that just needs to be beast forward beast Mm. forward energy that
2: was another you you have all these little turns of phrase that (laughs) I'm telling you I'm putting them in the back pocket but when you said Beast forward forward. the other day Mm. I was like shit man Oh
3: yeah that's right That's right Mm. But I think But there's also something about You know Um it's uh, the other thing So one of them Is the, the difficult The difficult thing Which doesn't happen Didn't happen with Megan mm. But with solo show yeah. Can be getting the person To be a place To be at a place Where they just get there Whatever is in the way Out mm. of the way Because in the audience We can sniff it mm. The second you come on stage mm. You've got no
2: line of defense It's you and that's a chair right. And yeah. that's it When you're That's
3: right You've got wow.
2: nothing to protect You know co- you got costumes but there's Barely no, mm. Yeah there's, In this show And yeah, there's not 15 <laughs> show, other people <laughs> well,
3: yes, mm. you know. Yeah, so the there's something about mm. helping somebody uh, to 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 have the courage to walk out there completely exposed mm. with their heart cracked open and know that they are carried the whole way. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is the work, mm. what they come with. Sometimes it it can just seem like this sea of like chaos, mm. and mm-hmm. then it's trusting the process and um, getting out of the way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. That's, yeah.
2: that's yes. That's like the, the one thing that that's on my mind more than anything else when I'm directing is, uh, d- do not get in the way of the success of the project. It's, it's, you have all these ideas and all these feelings and all these, whatever you want inside of yourself, but nine times out of 10, the project is, um, it's, it's own being that's going to manifest itself Naturally, as everybody combines themselves, it's yeah. Mm. don't get in the way also
3: I think that just on that too mm-hmm. like with Sola show the other thing that is so different is that well in the way that I work and also the way my husband worked with me mm-hmm. is that when I'm on my feet with Megan it's like I'm I'm treating this as if it's my own mm-hmm. like it might not mm-hmm. be my story but I'm treating it as if it's my own mm-hmm. so I'll get up and embody the characters with her mm-hmm. and I'll be getting okay so now you know uh let's let's what about if you if you say 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 this right there or you know mm-hmm. What I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Where Mm. it's like maybe if there's a script that's pre written,
2: Mm -hmm.
3: it's maybe not so much like that, Mm. but this really is. Quick
2: question uh, who's going to be playing the the fella at the club Uh, at the rehearsal? It was you, oh, yeah, it's a voiceover, okay? Okay, I was wondering what the
3: we have the voiceover, but we didn't play it because in Q-Lab, it's going to cut her off. And I don't really know how to do that yet. Oh,
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Mm. Very technical question.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> uh,
2: any? I'm what, just so happy to be listening
1: to the behind the scenes discussions with two directors. I mean, because you both understand each yeah. other. And then I'm looking forward to seeing the show, knowing what's gone into it. Here. I'll come.
2: I'll come back as a director on the mic. I wonder if there's anything that's on your mind as a stage performer. As a stage performer. Yeah.
1: No, that beast forward thing. Isn't mm-hmm. it a good phrase? It's it's great. I shouted it down I in my wish, little notebook. I she wish said it, it was always easy to access. Yeah. Because it really depends on the day and where you are. In you your. You know head. what it is. Mm-hmm. It's the same
3: thing when. Well, I don't know how you do gym classes, but mm-hmm. I'm like also. Uh, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, athlete hobbyist. Mm-hmm. So I. Um, as I, you know, I've been a pole dancer for forever, and I mm. also love athleticism. Mm. And there's something about um, when I'm at the point in like a hit class mm. or you know a circuit training class mm. where I feel like I can't go anymore, or I can't hold the plank anymore, mm. or I can't do another burpee, or what it is. And mm-hmm. I mean for real, like I'm literally about to feel like I'm going to pass out. Mm. And I go to the next level, and there's another level under that.
0: There's another level, right? Mm.
3: And it's 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 another it's another depth inside of myself that I can pull from mm. that gives me whatever it is that I need to just go to that place.
1: Mm.
3: And that's what I think that performers can do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's mm. like whatever it is, tired, not feeling it, funky vibe, whatever it is. Mm. It's actually just going under that. Mm. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? It's it's it stays, but you just find a way to kind of circumvent. Yeah. Okay, all There's right. There's a lot
2: of hand gestures going on <laughs> yeah. right now.
3: Listen, <laughs> you know, my dad was a mime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I just...
3: I know you got also, a lot going on. No, Say no, no. It, this Say is it. the
1: thing. This is another thing. Okay, so we use being naked on stage as... We use it figuratively, right? But for, um, for performers who are... Um, the the show is about their bodies. A lot of the show depends on how their bodies are presented. So they're literally naked. So that's just another level that for me is, I don't know, from this side of the, of the bench, it's just so admirable that they are able to go to that place no matter what they're thinking in their heads about, oh, you know, I don't know, maybe I ate too much. That donut was more than I needed <laughs> or whatever they're thinking, right? And sometimes I wish I could just go to that place and be naked what happens and not mind i don't know, i just feel very exposed and 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 vulnerable to failure more failure if i am overly exposed
3: so if you're mm. a, a, like an example would be um that you are in front of this is happening when you are yeah. in a performance or when yeah. you're in an audition or
1: mostly in in performances yeah in auditions it's you know if they like me
3: they'll take me the, if they exactly. don't so the 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 stakes aren't that high mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess they're higher if you really need and it And so what you happens know. you're there you're in the performance and then what hap- what happens And then
1: something goes wrong like say mm-hmm. um the Someone's someone's instrument is off off key and it's throwing you off. And the other rest of the musicians are looking at you like, "Why are you singing that note or whatever?" You know. Or you're a Something singer. Hap- yeah. Something happens on stage and it throws me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen as much now because. Uh, experience and just mm-hmm. cultivating that mm-hmm. it's it's a skill to be in front of people and be able to stumble through a mistake but sometimes the mistakes are so bad mm-hmm. whatever happens is just so bad like for example if it's a new song and the lyrics are in front of you but something happens and they get mixed up or you have to do a different oh. song and you don't have those lyrics and you're just uh, what deer happens in the to you I I I recover. Usually these days I recover a lot quicker, but usually uh, sometimes I, I I just don't know how to handle it. Uh And I, you know, let the band handle it while I go and collect myself in the corner for a bit.
3: You know, I need a moment. You know what? Mm. Somebody said to me, a great teacher one time, he said, Mm -hmm. when things like that happen, Mm. uh, this, uh, happens and Mm. it goes, I'm back. Mm. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. I'll give you something though. This is a uh, one time I was doing naked in Alaska at Dixon Place in uh-huh. New York. Mm-hmm. And the freaking tech guys mm. were not the tech guys that I was supposed to be working with. Mm-hmm. They were like last minute people standing in there, mm. and huge fuck up. Yeah. Um, I'm like on the stage. I'm literally at the the moment in the in the show where I'm, mm. I'm dancing for the first time. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
3: All the lights off, go off. I'm talking darkness, like just poof, blackout. And I'm like. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Was it's it, not supposed it, to be a blackout. Way, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I step on stage mm. and I'm like saying my lines and all of a sudden everything's happening and then it's blackout. Yeah. And then it's like, you can, I can feel the tension in the audience, like mm-hmm. huge fuck up, right? Mm-hmm. And the lights come back on and I think to myself, I'm back. And mm. then I just say like... um, Something along the lines of like how, you know, something along the lines of like the One and strip club mm. might not have paid their bills this month or I don't know. What yeah. Yeah. But whatever yeah. I said, mm. and I know that this is like not new news, but mm. whatever I said ha, uh, uh, broke whatever the tension was and mm. lifted the audience from that. So they could just like, I'm back too. <sighs> yeah, so they yeah. could be mm-hmm. back too. Mm. But I like the something about what that my teacher said, which I'm, I'm back. back. I'm back. Yeah. You snap yourself out of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Beast forward and come back.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow! I started improv to help me. Um, oh, that's great! To you know, to help me be more out of myself. Mm. I've gotten to the point where I'm comfortable singing on stage. I'm comfortable as long as I'm singing. If I'm just on stage, then pff, no. you
2: can do MCing. You can. I've do gotten banter. better, but it's
1: between songs. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't yeah. just go It's between songs You know Before I had to Okay I had to start from zero Below zero I had okay, trouble I'll, Between songs I can
2: tell you I can tell you how it started
1: <laughs> yeah, but when, I, uh, the, the early is, days, I'm, I'm better now
2: In the early days When Swinky had to She would do na- Nightclubs and lounges In Tokyo So she'd be doing Like an Aretha Franklin song Or uh, Nina Simone Whoever it is And her original In between Well okay first, of, first off She said I am not speaking Between songs Then someone said You have to speak Between oh. songs <laughs> So she would, be, she would like. I'm exaggerating when I say this, but you would basically memorize the first paragraph of the Wikipedia entry of that singer, and
1: <laughs> right, and, and, just oh. and then just oh. excited, yeah, just yeah. so that
3: I would have something to something say in to say. Songs. No, you, oh, you because would it be in the moment yeah. of an improvisational moment mm-hmm. where you would like have a. a <gasps> thing happen yeah
2: because it, there was no song to catch her and she had no skills in in just like it, bantering been, with an audience right yeah and
1: so also you, um i had this mis- mistaken notion that i'm wasting people's time when i talk instead of singing they've come to see a performance to see someone sing not hear their life story you know they oh. just want to
3: they just want to hear you sing isn't that so funny because mm-hmm. actually the more personal that the performer makes it right more it's received by the audience yeah
1: yeah, I'm. You know, these things take time. They do not, take time. Yeah, not everyone is no. born an extrovert. Well, I, not not everyone. Has I think we
2: have established me as a theatrical coward already. You don't yes, have to justify this. But to I'm me. just
1: saying, not, the, the beast forward thing uh-huh. is it's not it's not that easy to access. No, you it's have to not. work at it. I've like you dedicated said, it, it, my life to
2: avoiding access. it. trained.
3: You've trained yourself to be able to access that. It's not easy mm-hmm. to access. And there's also a lot of people who have been performers for their whole lives mm-hmm. and they still don't understand that. There are people that I'm working with right now, and this is not Megan. Mm-hmm. There are other people that I'm uh performers that I'm working with right now that have solo shows. Mm-hmm. They have done way more than I have done. Mm-hmm. They're like twice as old as I am. Mm-hmm. And and they they don't understand what that actually means mm-hmm. because it's a paradigm shift. It's a yeah. different way mm. of being in oneself and being with an audience. Mm, 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 mm. You know right. that mm-hmm. takes a that that actually takes a shift in consciousness. Yeah, right. It's something you have to do. Yeah, it's something you have to intentionally. do. Yeah, intentionally mm-hmm. inside, and it's a it's a feeling. Mm. It's not just like a blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, you have
1: to think it. Do is it? How do you start? Like if it's if it's not that. It's. I mean, we've established that it's not that easily accessible. So, how do you start? Is it like you? I know I'm back is one way to do it, but how do you get to that beast? Because we all know
3: there's a beast inside. There is a yeah. beast inside, mm-hmm. and I think that's the first acknowledgement: mm-hmm. is that there's a beast. If especially people who are doing specific kinds of uh, creative work, mm-hmm. but I think everybody has it. You know what I mean? So there's mm-hmm. a there's always a beast inside of us mm-hmm. and. And, and 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 in a way, you know, moving, our, moving my body has mm. really helped me to get into that, to mm. access that. Mm. The grit that I've gone through that I'm willing to kind of have everybody else kind of take witness to. And right. we all have had our own shit that we've mm-hmm. gone through. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm. But the beast is the one who has... Um, the beast aspect in me is the one who has survived all of that. That mm. is the one who has the resilience. Yeah. And that is the one who is ready for more. And that is the one who's going to go in the ring. Mm-hmm. And that is the one who's going to put those fucking gloves on and not stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. we all mm. have one of those in us. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's what I think. Mm. And so I think that getting in my body, even I had this, my other um performer, I have her go, go, I literally have her
1: growling. <laughs> yeah. You know, go like mm,
3: that, mm. you know, and I'm like, get inside, like get in your gut. Yeah. Like it's in there. Yeah. Bring it up. Let me see it.
1: Wow. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: cause it's a lot of hiding still. Mm. There's so much hiding. So much. So much. Yeah.
1: It's exhausting. It's exhausting. (laughs) Are you back?
2: Oh, I'm back. I'm just having a blast. Yeah. It's it's wild. Okay. This is a uh, the miracle of binary is what happens in a two person coupling where um, what what I mean by that is uh, Swinky isn't a better singer than me because there's only two of us. She's not a better singer, and I'm not a worse singer. She's the best singer in our family. I'm the worst singer. (laughs) I'm not taller than Swingy. I'm the tallest person and she's the shortest person. It's the miracle of binary of coupling. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have always been the most able to get on stage and the most Mm. able to grab an audience and hold them in your palm and juggle them. Yeah. So there's never, never has there been a concern about the work you that goes yeah, on inside you, your you heart think, as you, you do think it. it
1: comes. In- I,
2: well, it comes because it comes so much more naturally to you. Yeah. It comes the naturally mm-hmm. They're pointing at yeah. me off <laughs> the
1: mic. Yeah, yeah.
2: So it's I'm having I'm having way too much fun this season listening to how. Listening to yeah. the walls that you hit that I I am unaware of, because it doesn't yeah, make sense to me. We've been
1: really lucky just having these people yeah. who are performers and who are on stage and have yeah. to bear themselves in front of an audience if they want to reach the audience, which is what I'm getting from, from you, Valerie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I'm so excited to see the performer. If you're the performer that you are now <laughs> with all of this, with all these questions about how to keep moving forward and how to yeah. circumvent when you hit a brick wall. Right, right. Like, just what, what performer are you going to be in a year as you oh, keep flashing these thoughts around in your head? It's wild. I'm very excited. I want to know. Sorry to not make it. Sorry. Yeah, say. I know. <laughs> yeah, you I want to know. Wanna, so this is the therapy. thing. This is
1: what's happening. And Pew, what's happening? Pew's witness to this. And you are too, Valerie. Yes. Hi. Hi. So <laughs> you... You just, you you seem so in touch with your inner self. And I feel like I am to yeah. some extent, but there are parts of me that maybe because I haven't really come to terms with some of the things I went through as a child mm-hmm. that I've kept hidden. Like you, yeah. you were saying, they're just hidden and, you know, not not a kept, best kept secret or anything, but they're they're sheltered and they're covered so that they don't affect my daily life. Just so I can get through. They've
2: been put in like a lead coated emotional box, <laughs> yeah. if not a factual box. Right.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like uh, this is the impression I'm getting is that to get to that beast, I need to acknowledge that these uh, these. The, the, that child or the, the people inside me are still there and I need mm-hmm. to acknowledge them you know what I mean it's beautiful I feel, yeah I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I need to acknowledge them and just meeting performers like you makes me feel that way you seem so
3: so very acquainted with your inner self mm. and that's I think I'm that's nervous. really moving what you just said, yeah? and that is my language, Yeah, and I feel like you're onto something, mm-hmm. because I do believe mm-hmm. that there is, I'm sitting here in front of you, mm-hmm. but there are all kinds of different ones inside of me. Mm -hmm. And there is one of those ones is a little one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I absolutely know that I used to run in the world by uh, telling those ones in me to be quiet and get Mm -hmm. out of my way and go back into the corner where Mm -hmm. they belong. Mm -hmm. And a part of my work today is actually making space to hear what they have to say mm-hmm. and to bring it to uh, the front lines. Mm-hmm. Some of the ways that I do that mm-hmm. is I actually have been doing charcoal work. Mm. So I'm I, I've not taken a charcoal class. It doesn't even matter. Mm. But I will close my eyes and I will actually say, I, will mm. mm. I will see who is there. I will see who is there, and oftentimes it is a little one, mm-hmm. and I will draw her. And I will actually, you know, find out what she has to tell me. Mm. I will feel a pain in my back or in my wings Mm. or, you know, uh, in my side. And I will Mm. ask whatever that is. Mm. What is it that you're trying to tell me? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Wow. Mm. But I think you're onto something. Mm. It's like giving the ones in you Mm. a platform to be on stage. Yeah. To have their stories heard.
2: I am overjoyed to get to know you at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, what a
1: treasure! Here's the
2: thing: is I've seen dear woman once, mm-hmm. and at that point, I didn't know you. Yeah. So now that we've had a bit of a chat, I'm, mm. I can't wait to watch it again and feel like the parts of you that are woven into it, the how the the ways that you've guided it, mm. um, and and see it it. When I see it next time, it'll be a completely different show for me. Because now that I know a bit of the mind behind the directing Mm. and fingers crossed that we can get Megan on before the... Next show of it Yeah um, mm-hmm. And if not The doors open If she's available At 2.30 in the morning On a Wednesday <laughs> <laughs> night she have other shows we'll be, Coming up Yeah, too. Yeah Yeah, yeah We'll okay, have yeah. her on At 2.30 in the morning mm-hmm. On Wednesday night um, This is coming out On Tuesday And the show is on Wednesday night Is that correct?
3: Wednesday at 8pm At the White Fire Theatre
2: And where can people Go to get tickets for that Or find out yeah, On social so, media right? Yeah
3: Yeah they can go to um, The Whitefire Dot com website mm-hmm. And also you can just uh, Google brown paper tickets and then put in dear woman, D-E-E-R, mm-hmm. woman, mm-hmm. and that should come up. Uh, the tickets, I think, are like 20 to $30 because mm-hmm. the $30 ones are VIP tickets.
2: Mm. Yep. With a little goodie bag? With
3: goodie bag and yeah. wine and, you know, nice. front row seats and mm-hmm.
2: all <laughs> kinds when of fun stuff. And there's a red carpet
3: event. Mm-hmm. and Ooh. You know. Mm-hmm. And as I understand,
2: there will be a, a, a wildly talented professional photographer there capturing <laughs> yes, the red right. carpet. Is that... <laughs> I wonder who that is. Uh, I have complete faith in his abilities as a photographer. I don't, I might I don't know. I know this
3: photographer. You might know it.
2: Um... And uh, where can people find you? Oh, th-
3: yes, you, Valerie. Oh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. So I have um, a website called nakedinalaska.com. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a website, com that's mm-hmm. in reconstruction because I have lots of stuff that is going to be coming out and being released soon mm-hmm. through that. So mm-hmm. that should be live in like a week. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's cool. That's awesome. And I just mm-hmm. feel like... I just wanted to say thank you for having me on this. What? Thank, thank you for you. taking the time. Yeah. This is
2: so cool that we got to, to chat with you. It's <laughs>
3: yes.
2: I'm loving this season so far. I'm
3: really, Yeah. I'm loving this season so too. Mm. And I also feel like I don't know who will end up hearing this, mm. but I feel like if there is any takeaway from, uh, from listening to this and if you've gotten this far in mm. the listening, mm. um, I feel like... For me, the biggest thing, regardless of whether I take something to stage mm-hmm. or I just process it at home or I write it in my journal, mm-hmm. that there's something about, um, excavating my own deepest truth and getting it onto paper mm-hmm. that is incredibly healing. Mm-hmm. And that everything that I've gone through and all the darkness that, that, that I've, you know, kind of, uh, gotten over has only made me who I am today and is the gold in which I feel like that shines mm. when I walk through the streets. So I feel like if anybody's suffering out there or they have identified with any of these things that I've talked about, mm. that there that just remember that that is when you once you get over it, it is your gold. It's your treasure, it's your mm-hmm. stardust, mm. it's your superpower. Mm. You know, and I wish somebody would have told me that. When I was in those places, Mm. just hold on because one day you'll realize that's literally, you're going to be your fuel. Yeah. You know, so.
2: I think we can, that's the perfect, I can't close out better. No. Not that it's competition, but we're going to leave it there because that was perfect. I like competition though. Well, of course you do, you're winning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful, Valerie. Thank Thank you you so much for coming on. on. Bye. Bye.
2: Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, the nicest thing you can do in return is give us a good review on the podcast aggregator that you're currently using. If you want to contact us, you can do so at hollywoodfishbowl.com. For all things Swinky, check out swinkymusic.com. The Hollywood Fishbowl is produced by Jesse Kester. Hey, wouldn't you know it? That's me. We'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.